0: Hello, and welcome to today's um, episode of the Running with Grant slash Miles with Grant podcast, depending on uh, whether you listen to my older stuff or my newer stuff. Uh, And in today's episode, we're going to be breaking down my two favorite races from the Olympic trials. We're going to be talking about the women's 10K and the men's 5,000 meters. So, this is a very very exciting. Race. The 10K is just a final, one race. Um, you know, all the all the athletes run it one one time. The men's 5K is a little different. There's two semis, top five in each heat, next fastest, so you get 16 for the final because there's two semis. So we'll start with the the 5,000 meters because that's uh, the most exciting in in my mind because we have there's so many fast guys. Um, so for those of you who don't know. Uh, the Olympic standard for the 5,000 meters, is 13, 13.5. Uh, so that's about a 64 second 400, and you, you run that 12 and a half times. So heat one is, is pretty stacked. Uh, both Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid, who uh, went one, two in the, in the 10,000, are in there. Um... So that'll, and they have the two fastest uh, seed times. Woody Kincaid is the only person under 13 seeded. Um, and then Grant Fisher's just a little over in 1302. Um, Heat One also features Ben True, um, who's running Unattached now, the Dartmouth grad, uh, Cooper Teer, uh, who runs for University of Oregon, uh, and Lawi Luvain, who is part of that uh, US Army Elite Team. So now I'll give down a little bit of my predictions for, for each for each of these heats separately. Um, and then I'll talk a little bit about the final, obviously, I don't want to get too into the final because I have no idea what's going to really happen in the final, um, but yeah. Um, so for heat one, I think, um, I mean, if you saw the, the 10K, both Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid ran it perfectly they didn't lead from the start, but they weren't too far back that they had to really rally and kick, even though they, they did close in like a like a 53 second 400. So it was a really, really fast final 400. Um, and this, the same can kind of be said of, of Cooper Tier. You know, he has that really, really insane kick. Um, and that'll be, be exciting because I think You know, in in the semis and even the finals with so many guys under this Olympic standard, it's going to be a very, very tactical race. So it'll be interesting to see coming up to the bell lap after, you know, 11, 12 laps, who has that that final kick. So I'm predicting um, Woody Kincaid, Grant Fisher, Ben True, Cooper Tier, and Eric Jenkins um, to advance. They'll be the top five in heat one. They all... They all have the Olympic standard, um, and I think I think it's going to be a not not a super quick um, run because of course the, it's going to be really hot, and a semi isn't the final, so it's going to be a little bit slower. But it's also not going to be like a like a jog fest where they're going to be you know kicking back, you know fourteen fourteen thirties finishing times. It's going to be a little quicker. I think right around. Um, the Olympic or the U.S. standard, especially if the conditions are a little bit better than they're predicting. Or if we get somebody uh, like Willie Fink or um, Garrett Heath who are just kind of outside that standard by 10, 15 seconds and they really start pushing the pace early on, um, which sometimes happens, then it could be a little bit faster of a finishing time. And then so we move on to the second heat of the semis. the second heat is headlined by Connor Mance, who was the NCAA uh, 10K winner for cross country this year for 2020, which is actually 2021 because of the pandemic. It um, also has Hassan Mead, Nico Young, who was the, the high school talent, um, Cole Hawker, Cooper Tears' teammate at the University of Oregon, Emmanuel Bohr, uh, brother to Hillary Bohr, who's the steepler. Um, Paul Chalima, who's kind of been there forever, you know, he's, he's a little bit, I think of a, um, underrepresented, um, and almost a little bit unappreciated runner. I feel like sometimes in the name of really, really great distance runners, his name is kind of forgotten a little bit. So it's good to see him have a a really, really fast, I think he has, yeah, he has the fastest sea time of this, of this heat. So let's um, move on into our predictions. I think this is going to be since it's the second heat. I think it's going to be a little bit slower, just because it doesn't have the, the firepower of um, of that first heat. There's no really true teammates. It looks like that can really work together. You know, part of what makes the Bowerman team so special is their just sit and kick mentality and their their camaraderie, their teamwork at running. How good they work together in a packet moving up or moving back. It's just, it's really, really good because of the specific way that they do it. It's not like it's out there and it's showy. Um, you know, like at that final, that 53, it wasn't like all of a sudden they just put the gas down. It was a, a build up, they were working, but it looked effortless. And that's something that really, really makes that first heat special is it has those same guys, the same guys that have the experience at the 10 K and working together that they were able to execute that at the 10 K. And I think they're going to do the same thing at the 5 K, but the second, heat really doesn't have it. It's mostly led by a lot of younger guys, a lot of guys in college, you know, Cole Hawker, Robert Brandt, who I didn't mention earlier, but he, he had a good showing at NCAA outdoors. Um, Paul Chalimo's there. Um, but there's not like four or five really, really fast guys like they're on the first heat. So for the second heat, um, I'm predicting Paul Chalimo, Emmanuel Bohr, Cole Hawker, and, uh, Thomas Ratcliffe and Hassan Mead to get those, those spots. Um, and it's, it's interesting because so many of the, the runners in this second heat are young guys. Like I said earlier, um, you know, Connor Mance is at BYU. I think he, he you know, at BYU, Robert Brandt he is at Georgetown. Nico Young is just a freshman. Yeah, just a freshman at um, NIU. So it's a lot of young guys that don't have experience at the trials. Of course, they have experience at, like, big stage events. You know, Nico Young had NCAA cross. Um, Connor Mance is at NCAA cross. Robert Brandt, all those guys have had experience at the NCAA level. But this is a whole nother ballpark. This is the Olympic trials. This is a whole nother ball game where, where you're, you know, you're running against faster guys. You're running against professionals instead of just, just college guys. Um, who have been, you know, they're professionally trained for this. This is what they do. You know, college guy, yeah, you're you're committed to running and yeah, you know, you're you can be really, really good, but you also gotta focus on school, academic, you you typically have a little bit more of a social life in college, of course. Um, and that, that second heat, it's surprising because there's so many different ways that it could go because of how young the talent is. You know, we could see somebody like Nico Young just take it out hard, take it out fast. We could see Morgan Beatles come out of, of nowhere. I don't even have him predicting going on. But, he, you know, he could do that. There could be jitters. There could be anxiety. We have no idea how the second heat is going to go because of how young that talent is. And I think that's, that's what makes the trial special is it combines those professional athletes who know what they're doing. This is what they do. This is what they've been doing for their life. This is what they've been preparing for. And college guys who really haven't been doing this type of running for that long. Yes, they've been competitive, of course, but this is a whole nother event. You know, the Olympic trials stand as pretty much the top event in American running. Um, So that being said, I, um, top five in each heat, And then the next six fastest combined between the two heats. So advancing for that, I have, uh, really think who doesn't even have the Olympic standard now, but I think, I think he's somebody to watch. I have Sydney, Sydney DeBoo today. Um, and then I also have Connor Mance advancing, Thomas Ratcliffe and Robert Brandt, um, advancing as well. Um, and I think um, what can be another guy to watch out that I didn't mention earlier is Ryan Hill out of that NAZ Elite program. He's only, he's only two seconds off the standard, and that's the, the closest time to the Olympic standard that we have here who's not you know, under it. And I think those are the people that we can always look for because they're going to come in the most motivated. You know, they know that they're only one or two seconds off, and the 5K one or two seconds isn't that huge of a deal to break. You know, you can you can manage one or two second um, a gap if if you get with the, with a good lead pack, um, and that sets up a really really stacked final heat. I mean, it's it's one of the most stacked heats that um, there is in the finals. I mean, you can, you can look at a guy like Ben True who had a had a nice performance in the ten k, uh, but didn't come away with one of those top three spots. Is he going to come in? you know a little bit more exhausted because of that 10k is he going to come motivated you know ready to get a second chance at this ready to get after it um you know how are grant fisher and woody kincaid going to do you know they yeah they they won the 10k and they looked really really good doing it um but are they going to have any type of fatigue are they going to hold back and and be just looking for like the fourth and fifth spot instead of being out in front um so that's why I don't want to really talk about the finals a whole lot, um, so I'll just cover it really, really quick. Of course, with the finals, top three go to Tokyo, um, given that they have the Olympic standard of that 13-13.5. Um, so I, in my mind, provided um, nothing Nothing bad happens, I have Ben True, Grant Fisher, Woody Kincaid going on. I love the the Bowerman Track Club is an amazing track club. It's a, an amazing group of guys that can work hard together. Um, so having Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid go go pairing to the trials in both the 5K and 10K is going to be something really really special because they have experience with one another and that can always be exciting. You know, if you're go- this is Grant Fisher's first trial or first Olympics, sorry. And going into the, the Olympics, you know, you have all this um, angst anxiety about how you're going to perform. So having a teammate there um that you've actually been training with and who you know you can run with um and who you, who you know is yeah you know if you're having a bad a bad lap you know and you're up beside him he's going to want to push you on you know he's going to want to help you move forward and that's really something that is important in the olympics is yeah you know it's about the medals but it's also about the individual athletes and them as runners because you know yeah um running in the Olympics, you want to get a medal, but it's also about you're representing your country at the biggest athletic event in the world, you know, and that's something really, really special. So it's important to also realize where you are and focus on yourself and not about the medals, which is I think what makes Grant Fisher and Woody Kincaid super, super special is they focus a lot on themselves and each other. And then with that, we're going to switch over and talk about the women's 10K, which is another exciting event. Uh, it's represented by a ton, a ton, and by a ton I mean an absolute ton of uh, Bowerman women. And like the like the men, uh, Bowerman women work very, very well together. Um, I, we saw during the pandemic all their time trials they were doing and posting on to their channels, all the the different you know the sound running invite the on invite, all of those different events they competed in. Showcased how strong uh, they are as a team, and you don't normally think about that in running. But at the trials, where emote, you know, emote all this, all the same thing keeps coming back. It's important to have a team there. It's important to be able to run with guys and, and girls that you know you can run with and you're comfortable running with. So I'll just I'll cover the my top ten real quick, and then I'll, I'll get back into some of the the key runners. So top ten, uh, number one Elise Cranny, two Curtis Schweischer, three Gwen Jorgensen, four Emily Sisson, five Maria Hall, six Rachel Snyder, seven Kellen Taylor, eight Emily Infield, nine Vanessa Fraser, and ten Sarah Hall. And now we're going to talk about a couple of those athletes in particular, starting with Elise Cranny. Elise Cranny is pretty much everything the Bowerman club represents a hardworking, fast runner, just a a great person. Um, She had the 15 to five and the 10,000 meter standard going. And that's something that not a lot of women going to the trials have had. And that's extremely important because it showcases their, her talent at the 5,000. So if going into that final mile, the pace is a little bit slow and it does, um rely on a final finishing kick. she's something that I would not take out and I have her finishing first overall because of that. Um, and when I when I wrote this down, I said um 1350-ish I think is what she can run definitely under 31 if the conditions are right and that's gonna if she does that that would be a new U.S American trials record. The second runner is uh Carissa Schweischer. Uh she's a teammate at the Bowman. she's a lot like Elise Cronin. They both have 30 47s going in as their PR. Um, Krista Swisher is number two in the 5,000 um, American record holder in the 3K. So she has that speed along with Elise Crane. She's somebody that, you know, going into that final, final 800, final mile, Elise and Chris can really, really work together. Um, the third runner is Emily Sisson, who I finish in fourth. Um, and that might be surprising to a lot of people, but I don't really think so. Because she hasn't really shown me anything that can prove that she's Olympic caliber. In other years, yeah, it would be you know, Emily musician. She she has that forty-eight minute fifteen k. Um, you know, she she's number three in the U.S. ranked currently by World Athletics, but she hasn't raced a ten k this year. Most of her PRs are from when she was in college. She, she's been injured a couple times. You know, in a in a normal year, yeah, maybe she'd have a better chance. But this this field is so stacked. There are American record holders, American runner ups, Olympic medalists in here. Um, it's it's so heavily stacked that I'm a bit hesitant to even give her a top five finish because she's more likely, in my opinion, to have a bad race than a good race. If that makes sense. the The fourth runner is Marielle Hall, another another Bowerman teammate. And Maria Hall has a ton of experience. Uh, She was on the Rio Olympics team. She was on the 2019 World Championship team. And she's currently ranked as number one in the U.S. by World Athletics. Um, However, she lacks the speed that Carissa and Elise have. And that can be really, really important going into the final 2K. Remember, this is a final. There's no semis where you you run again in the next couple of days if your finish isn't great. You know, top three go. And in a final eight hundred, there's a bunch of other girls who have a faster mile PR than her. Um, and I don't think she has that going in, you know. She can run and stick with the pack for eight, nine K, but if at that final K they're they're throwing down, they're throttling, they're getting ready to run, you know, a a, a sixty a sixty one bell lap you know, which a lot of these girls can handle. I don't see her having that. The next runner is Emily Infield. And I'm going to be be mostly covering the Bowerman um, track club girls, but I also cover um, Sarah Hall a little bit too. Um, Emily Infield has has a really nice PR, uh, a little bit slower than Marielle Hall. um, But she also has a really difficult task ahead of her because she doesn't really have a whole lot of experience. She was a bronze medalist at the 2015 world championships in Beijing. But other than that, not a whole lot. And she's kind of fallen a little bit off. Um, A lot of her PRs were set from that, that those colleges that 2015 year where she was really, really good. So I don't think she has what it takes. Remember, you know, there's, there's been a, so big of a rise since Rio of women's distance that, you know, again, another year yeah for sure but i don't think she has what it takes no offense to her she you know and that's i don't want anybody to be offended of course all these women are a mile a minute faster than my 10k pr but you know we got 5,000 meter record holders 30k record holders you know number two number three 10k all time this is this is a stacked stacked field and emily infield you know i don't see a possibility of her qualifying i see her getting you know top 10 which that's amazing but top three i don't think so and another vanessa frazier has one of the slower seat times i'm covering um but you know becomes you know she's a grinder um she has all of her teammates, so I think she can get top 10, especially if those other Bowerman girls, you know, I think it's going to be a slower heat. It's going to be, you know, 32-30 for her at top 10, 33 minutes. I think that's something that she can handle for sure, especially if she's in top shape like I think she is. And the final person I really want to cover is Gwen Jorgensen, who is one of my favorite runners of all time. Uh, switching from the triathlon to the track and the marathon and, and road racing is not something that a lot of athletes consider, especially when, you know, coming off of a gold medal in in uh, Rio and being pretty much considered the number one female triathlete in the world. That's not something you consider, but that's something that Gwen Jorgensen has set her mind to, and she's done a really good job of that. You know, number nine at the 5,000 meters earlier this week, thats not a, that's not a bad performance by her. You know, she, she's still very, very new at this. And that 5,000 meters is going to set her up well for the 10,000 meters. She doesn't have a very, very fast seed time. You know, it's, it's just a little bit above 32. But she's a grinder. She's, you know, you can't pay attention to her seed times or um, her rankings because she's new at this. But also because she has so much talent. Just, you know endurance of stamina from being a triathlete that translates you know to to the road events um so that's why i have her finishing third and that's why i have the Bowerman sweep is Bowerman track club is proving to be the the top women's distance elite team well thank you for joining me on on this episode um that's you know i have no idea how many of my predictions are going to be correct this is just one one guy ranting about the sport he loves. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see track and field is such an unknown. Thanks for listening to me rant and talk about out track. Um, just have a great day. Thanks. Sure.